0: everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Porto Podcast in English. I'm your host, Rui dos Santos, and we've got a special episode for you all. And that's because we are back for the first episode of 2024. We've been on a little bit of a hiatus and a lot of you have reached out to us and checking in on our whereabouts. We're fine. We're good. We didn't cancel the show. We are back and ready to... Get back on track and recording podcasts on a weekly basis. We got a lot of exciting things coming up uh among the podcasts. But before we get into everything else, let me introduce you all to the co-host of the show, Jason Rigo. Jason, what's going on, man? It's been a minute. How you it's doing? It's
1: been too too long, man. Uh doing great. Um, I'm finally healthy again. I think uh this time of the year in uh the New England area. I think we all get sick, right? We get get down and out but uh doing pretty well uh, i've been uh itching to get a podcast back out there and uh glad to talk to you again my friend
0: yeah dude uh same here i mean i'm in the same boat every winter every winter up here in the northeast it just kills me i'm like constantly consistently sick it's i i, I don't know what it is i'm i, I I basically was out of work today uh been under the weather, but found the strength to just kind of get something out there. I know we've been meaning to record this episode in particular for at least a few days, and it just couldn't work out for the both of us and Here we are man this uh this winter it just i can't wait until it 's
1: over. Does this happen to the people in Porto, or do we just need to move there? like do they get sick in the winter i know I know it's a little chilly up there, but it 's not as cold as New England, yeah, we, no, we need to talk to our friends from Porto, you know, yeah, for m- sure. we might have to move over there get a little closer to the stadium, maybe a little warmer. We'll, the, the winters there will feel like summer to us. <laughs>
0: yeah, man. I mean, they have Francesinha, super on draft. <laughs> right, I mean... What are we doing? Uh, the nice thing vind- with Porto. are doing winters? The Douro Valley, amazing food, amazing scenery. Even when it's cold and gloomy during the wintertime, Porto is definitely a much better place than Rhode Island. So... <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, well, we, we we definitely, yeah, a bucket list for the podcast. Number one is recording on a weekly basis, and two, getting, getting to do a YouTube live out in Porto one of these days, and that's going to be the segue to the next part of this. Um, we have been working on some projects, even though we've been out uh, of the podcasting realm and whatever, but we haven't. Been completely out of touch with Portuguese football and Porto. Jason and I text each other all the time. We talk to each other all the time during the games. What's right and what's wrong. But we've also been working on a couple of things. I've been focusing more on the YouTube. Jason's been working on the website. So all that's going to be coming in soon. I think the YouTube channel is going to be the first one to come up. I think within the next two or three episodes, I think we're, gonna, we're going to do a YouTube live. And I think it's going to be a great way to be out to to put the podcast out there and also even to interact with all of you whether if you guys ever want to come on on the show on a youtube as a guest or if you have your own channel or whatever there's definitely uh an opportunity for all of us to link up and help each other out in that way uh so a lot of exciting things coming up what do you think jason
1: yeah i think uh be ready for these the video um maybe we'll get some nice content out on the socials you get to make fun of rui and i uh <laughs> see our mannerisms right when i get upset that Porto failed to score another goal in another week yet again yeah and um yeah the website will be out probably around the same time as us doing youtube episodes so be ready and uh please visit our site and uh we would love to hear your feedback and uh give us tips any any feedback you have for us we'd love to to hear it and uh we want we're just here to get better. We want the show to is for you guys, and we want it to get better and uh you' want you guys to enjoy listening to our show yeah,
0: one hundred percent I mean getting the feedback, getting the the listeners the viewerships, and all that stuff and it it makes us wanna do it more and more. It's amazing how much that how much feedback we've been getting and the replies the mentionings and all that stuff and the questions we always want to kind of get all of our listeners or some of our listeners uh to be and feel like they are a part of this show as well it's not just for jason and i it's for all of you and to kind of just bring more uh attention to Porto uh on the english side because it's basically non-existent so that's 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 why we do this And I'm super excited for for the projects that are ahead of us. And I can't wait for them to launch. And you all will be the first ones to know about it. So, Jason, all that sounds exciting and great. But how do you feel about Porto since, okay, our last episode, I think we did a preview with one of the Spartan guys that came on the show. And Spartan completely waxed us. Should have been like five-nothing in that game. Uh, What did it... I mean, we don't have to talk about that game in particular, but I feel that in the last couple of months, obviously after that sporting loss, I thought we were slowly kind of getting back into things. I think there was a period where we beat Braga, we beat Moreirense like five to nothing, and then I think it was Ferenc After that was three to one, and it seemed like we were putting in goals. Right, we were getting open play goals. They weren't just penalties. They weren't just set pieces, and we were defending well. Not the perfect football, but it seemed like we were getting on the right track. And then we had the Riuav game. Then we had the Aroca game. And here we are, man. We're basically 10 points behind Sporting, seven points behind Benfica. What the hell's going on?
1: I honestly think just everything we talked about at the beginning of the season are just coming to light, right? It's coming to the surface. We, we discussed what we were scared about, about this team. And then, I mean, the transfer window wasn't exciting. Like, yeah, I'm glad we picked up Otavio. Mm-hmm. But, um, dude, we we sent off Ran Navarro, we sent off Carmo. Like, I just, I don't know. It Just like we said, we've mentioned this in the past. It just seems like the coach and the board just aren't aligned. I don't know. There's there's something that we're missing, and we're not gonna. They're not they're never gonna tell us what's actually going on behind the scenes. But something's not good behind there, and uh, we're we're obviously anxiously we're waiting for elections, and we're hoping things change. But. At this moment, we we had a little bit of hope. After Sporting, Sporting did decimate us. They took our soul. Like they, they just exposed us for everything that we are this season. It's not like Sporting is the best team in Portugal this season. It is what it is. But like we just, it almost looked like we weren't even a team on that day. Like we just, we just handed them the victory. Yeah, absolutely and, non-existent. And like you said, we came back, we answered, responded with a nice victory over Shavs. It was only one zero, right? It's our scoring woes. Like whatever, we'll take the three points and then we tie Bovista – tough tie you can't be dropping points like we've already dropped so much this season you go on a nice little three-game win streak and then you, you tie Rio Ave. like you, you have over 20 corners in that game you have to find a way to score you cannot drop two points yeah and we managed to drop the two and hey, like we said those those other victories like after after Boavista we had a nice 2-0 win over Braga which was nice then we beat Marians 5-0 which is beautiful and then you beat Ferenc 3-1 another great victory but you, you draw to zero off, and you need to find a way to get that victory. And that just that basically foreshadowed what happened against Oroko. We got outclassed. Um, mm-hmm. We gave up a goal in the first minute, which right. is is terrible. Like it doesn't matter who you're playing against. I don't care if you can beat that team five zero. If you give up a goal in the first minute, that's gonna change the tone of the whole game. Yep. So we're playing from behind most of that game, even if we catch up. And then we score the 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 goal to tie it, and we're celebrating like we just won the World Cup. Like I don't understand what we're doing over there on social media. I think uh, Porto needs to to review that and uh, have some discussions with their team behind the scenes over there. Yeah. But uh, we we ultimately end up losing that game, and we don't find a way to tie it up or sco- or get the victory. And I don't know, this season just seems like a wash. <laughs> I would yeah. love to say we we're focused and we we want to fight for that Champions League spot, but. How realistic is it with a seven-point gap? Like we're gonna have to beat Sporting and we're gonna have to beat Benfica and then win the rest of the games. Like it's yeah. just, there's no no other way around it. We need to be locked in, and on top of all that, we have Champions League this week. Like how are we gonna fare? I'm I'm glad this first leg's at home. We need to either come away with a tie or a victory because I, I don't see us winning at Arsenal's home at the Emirates. So. I hope we're focused. I, I know we're a different side in the Champions League, and I, I get excited when Porto play in the Champions League because it just seems like we, we just come bring a different energy, and I wish we brought it in the league, but at least we bring it to the Champions League, and I, I really hope Porto makes us proud and squeaks out. Some finds a way to go through yeah, one
0: hundred percent. I mean, you checked off so many boxes in this. Um, you know, and I guess I'll just touch up on the on the Champions League part. I think the I think the 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 home record for Porto has always been pretty promising. It's always been pretty good in the in the Champions League, um, and I feel like I, I I do like our chances because of our 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 history and our culture, our DNA in that tournament, um, and I think I do believe that that is a factor in. <clears throat> in getting far in the Champions League. If you look at our last two quarterfinal appearances uh, when we defeated Juventus and we defeated Roma, those were in seasons where we were struggling. Well, I guess the Roma season, we kind of gave that that season away to Benfica. But against Juventus, we didn't really have that great of a team, but we muscled through and, and got a win and went into the next round. I can kind of see it happening here. I think we have to have a good performance at home, and I think we're capable of that for all the reasons that I mentioned. Uh, And on top of it, even Nielsen and Galeno are very, very strong in this competition so far. And knowing that Porto aren't going up against a team like Aroca, where they're just going to pack things in and make it tight, make it miserable. I honestly like our chances. Like when we're going up against a Barcelona, because we're allowed to play. Does that mean we are going to win? Does that mean we are going to get the positive result? Not really, but I think you can see the true identity of Porto, uh, what they're capable of at their best when they're allowed to play. Uh, When teams, we say this over and over again, when teams are so compact, you are forced a one-way route, and it's very, very difficult. Uh, And that's what's separating Benfica and Sporting compared to us. They're not squandering chances. The chances that they are creating, they're putting them away, and they're much more creative against a much more compact uh, sides. And I think that's part of Porto's struggles this year. So, going into the Champions League, let's see what happens. I think we can do it, but it's not going to change much in the league. Uh, I, and I have to disagree with you on this one. I don't, even if we defeat Sporting and Benfica, you still need. Benfica and Spartan to drop seven plus points maybe one of them can do it like Benfica almost did last year but two hot sides dropping seven points like I just I feel like it just can't add up I think right now second place going as far as we can in the Champions League and just getting after second place is our objective this year I think I've gotten to this point where I kind of just given up. I've always given the team the benefit of the doubt. You guys have heard me for for weeks and weeks and weeks. Oh, just give it some time. I think eventually we're going to start playing well. I thought that happened in that in that three game winning streak in January after the Tito Boavista, but then the Rio Ave game just just kind of and the Oroka was the cherry on the top that this team is completely is completely out of whack. They're 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 out of touch and they're not playing good football and. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a huge uphill battle. I think Champions League spot and going as far as we can in the Champions League is our, objecti- our objectives this year. I think the league is way out of touch for us. What do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I don't think we're going to contend with Sporting. I think the only way Sporting loses this league to share is if they beat themselves like three games in a row. And I just don't see it. I think Ruben Emery is a weathered coach. He's he's a class coach. He's good. He's got his squad that he's wanted for a while. He finally has a striker. That was his missing piece for a bit. And the only way they piss away this championship is if they have a big injury and that's their striker. Yeah, Uh, if – if he stays healthy, the team wins the league, and I don't see Benfica contesting. Uh, I think Benfica was very fortunate to beat Sporting that first leg. It was the red card that saved him. They had no business winning that game. 11 v 11, Sporting wins that game 2-3-0. So, yeah. the red card saved Benfica a few times this season. Uh, I'm really not convinced by this Benfica side. I think they're yeah. as much quality as Porto, and I, I do see Benfica dropping some points, even without before the Porto game. So, like I said, to to me, I think it's Porto going for that second place spot. They're they're fighting for Champions League. That's what they're going to fight for. Yeah, and uh, but
0: uh, on on Benfica side too, they have a lot more experienced players. I mean, of course, we have we have Pep on our team, but outside of that, it's they have those experienced players that uh, that that have shown. Players like Otamendi and Di Maria and even Rafa Silva and João Mario. These are guys that have been around the block for a long time, and they know the league. They've been in the league for, for numerous years. Benfica uh, Benfica uh, Di Maria was away in Europe among the best and then comes back to a league that he's familiar with. He's been settling in well. Benfica has that experience side that I think has helped them get through these games where they're struggling. But they find a way, and unlike us, we haven't really found that way. Um, but but you know they,
1: they go also ahead. have Europa League, so yeah, I, I think Europa League is a hindrance for teams. It's it's that Thursday night game if they get the Thursday, and it's tough to come back and play in league games. And yeah. you are traveling some to some strange places in the Europa. So if Mefika makes a Europa run, I think it'll really hinder it'll hinder them in the league. I, I just it's tough to focus on both. And don't get me wrong, like, if your side is strong, you can do it. To me, I I don't even know if Sporting has enough depth to focus on both, right? But they, don't get me wrong, Sporting had a great victory away from home in the Europa League last round. But uh, I don't know. I, to me, Europa League is – it just makes – it's much tougher for a team. Like, when you're in the Prem, like, you see them always throw, like, academy kids out there because they know that schedule congestion gets tough. And the more competitions you're in later in the season, injuries tend to pop up and mm-hmm. – that schedule congestion plays a huge role in your league yeah. games. Yeah, though though I do agree with you that
0: Sporting is better. I think this is the year where they finally had all of their their missing pieces uh that they lost from the year before and you know the championship season um that they had the year after we ended up winning it. Sporting had a great team that year. I think we were just that much better, but Spartan got all their, their tools that they needed. And Giorgis was the guy. They didn't really have a reliable number nine last year. So I think they are the best team. I mean, Fika on the other hand, I just think that though, I think Spartan is better. It's just there. They have those experienced players that I don't think we have. I don't think that I, I can agree that they're not as impressive as they were last year. And obviously we aren't either, but I think a lot of it has to do with that experienced players just on their side, just knowing, the familiarity of being in these sticky situations and not relying on a bunch of young kids to get them out of it plays a huge factor in. And I think that's why Benfica are doing as well as they are this year. Then, you know, with you know, given how they've been playing, they're doing well because they're grinding out of these games. And that's something that Porto had for many, many years. We're not grinding out of these games, right? So we look at the Europa games. We look at the Riuav game. And even a couple of games early on the season where we fall behind, Classic Porto, even with classic Sergio Conceição teams, we would crawl back and win. It always felt like, oh, yeah, 85th minute, we're down a goal. We're going to somehow pull this off. We saw it so many times early on, and pretty much in the last couple of seasons, we haven't really been seeing it. And now with Ivan Marcano out that's been out for so long, we haven't really come back in one. So it's, it, it, it's in, look, that's another experienced guy. It seems like whenever Marcano's on the pitch, there was always a chance for us to get a goal that we needed and i think we're missing that that sort of x factor as well so uh it's it's been stru- it's been stressful man to to watch this year uh are there any other parts that like you can see that concern you the most or why they like the major factors as to why we're being so inconsistent do you
1: see it's the attack it's the defense or the midfield more i would say i would say our concerns from scoring stems from the defense at this point mm. uh, i Oh, Pepe is gonna get exposed in these last few games, and it's sad yeah. to say. We love the guy; he's a legend. He's a great captain, but I think if Sergio wants Pepe to stay on the field, which I do too, I really think we need to play a three-five-two, and you protect the backs, and you attack, you attack hard on the transition. I, he needs to adjust. I, I just feel like playing the four back is just exposing Pep over and over, and we, we saw it in that the Rio Ave game. Like, yeah. Uh, in the roca game too specifically that uh, he was paired with cardozo which to me is a weak he's a weak side obviously and when you have pep the older legs cardozo to me is even though he's younger in age he just his yeah. brain isn't at the level it needs to be to play with pep and be by his side
0: yeah we've been saying this for the longest time he's not an everyday starter every yeah. week starter nope. um and you know i guess we could just jump right into this game that that we just had against Estrela da Madeira 2-0. Otavio ends up making his debut for Porto. You know, I I, I love that Porto went went after a guy named Otavio, born in Brazil. Maybe that's the spark (laughs) that we needed. Um, You know, he was a little shaky in the first half. Super, super, I don't know if it was the pressure. Uh, First game, the nerves or whatever. He really seemed a little out of place. But I think in the second half, he was pretty collected. I think he made a couple of plays just just to like kind of tackle your point here his speed to yep. recover and i'm kind of excited to see what that can bring in other games this season having a center back that is you know supposedly supposed to be very good we're paying 10 million for him i want to see that speed that recovery that ivan marcano didn't have uh didn't have that uh fabio cardoso doesn't have that pither doesn't have maybe that could be something that 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 could help out this defense uh, in terms of recovery. And I don't think we ever, we don't really have much of a recovery center back guy that can use his speed. And if they don't have the brains, you have to have the speed. If you don't have the speed, you have to you have the brains and Fabio Cardozo doesn't have it. And I think that's what makes Pep so great at 41 years old, even though he's still pretty fast for his age, his brains always compensate for his physical ability. So I'm kind of excited for, to to see Ottavia this year. I think, this could be a definite huge win and an upgrade over the Carmo.
1: Yeah, I think he's still raw, right? Like we said, yeah. I, I saw him making a mistake at midfield where he just committed to yeah. it. Like, just slid tackle right in there. And I'm like, why? Just why? And it almost led to a, a goal for Estrella, but it didn't. Fortunately, we our guys recovered well enough and Diogo Costa is very stronger now, obviously. This, this guy's been consistent throughout the whole season. Yep. Like, it's it's ridiculous. This guy's astounding and... Kiss him goodbye at the end of the season. Cause there's no way we managed to keep that. Especially that with no champions. Goalkeeper. League. Yeah, exactly. Even with champions, like he's gone. Yeah. Like he's just yeah. too talented and he's been consistent. He's proved mm-hmm. himself game in and game out. And I'm sure he's going to have, I'd be surprised if he doesn't have a great game tomorrow at home versus Arsenal. Yep. And hey, who knows, maybe he's wearing an Arsenal kit next year. Who knows, who knows where he ends up. Yeah. But, um, I'm excited for Otavio. I think his, his young legs and his speed is huge. Right. I, I can't re- really recall. Is, who do we have after Town that you could compare to someone that could recover and make, like, just cover up mistakes like that? Millitown's the last one I could think of where you're like, oh, he made a mistake, but it's, it's all right. He's got, he's got the legs. He's going to yeah, recover. I mean, I guess you can say Mbemba,
0: but I, I don't think he's as fast as as, no, as Millitown, but he was pretty and fast.
1: He and was, he was fast, but I, to <clears> me, he's <throat> strong and just rock solid. To me, Bemba almost made less mistakes right he right. he relied he almost was like calculated and very strong I, I I super underrated man oh he, he, he was, was so he was, underrated he was hitting his stride towards the end of with us too it was he was fun to watch i enjoyed watching him what a waste he was, to just let him go for nothing man oh he became consistent yeah he played he had a lot of good games for us i, I enjoyed watching him play but millie town for me is probably the last center back that i can remember who had the speed and yeah, could make mistakes package. but still recover right yeah. And then you see him polished without, I mean, unfortunately he's had his injury woes, but when he's healthy, man, that, he's quite the player. So hopefully something like that for Atavi would be nice to see because he definitely brings the element of speed and something we just haven't had back there in the center back position for a bit. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited for him.
0: Yep, I. Yep, me too, man. So I, I hope it all plays out. We're definitely gonna. We could. We could use everything at this point, <laughs> um. And obviously, we've had some woes this season in the back, and hopefully, Otavio's speed and just quality alone, not just his speed, his quality that we that we've been seeing this year at Famalicão is brought here to Porto because we need everything. Because all those dumb mistakes in the back have also hurt us. On top of being inconsistent up top. Um on the attacking side. So, real quickly, Porto 2, amadora zero goals from Galinu in the first half, and then Joao Mari with a boomer from the outside of the box early on in the second half. Uh to be honest, the first half was a complete snooze fest, and it, it was actually pretty embarrassing to watch that. The, the, the quality of play from Porto really non-existent. I'm not gonna discredit the goal because it takes quality, it takes the players to create even your own luck. But at the same time, there there was no excuse for Galindo to miss that, so he had that easy opener to just slot away. Outside of that, not much really going on. Uh, the second half was much more inspiring, in my opinion. I thought we picked things up right from the get-go. We were hungry for goal, and I think we had some sort of energy boost. At halftime, something must have happened in the locker room. I don't know if it was a player or Sergio that just woke everyone up, but it seemed like not just pressing where the players were running, but it looked like they were hungry to get the ball on the attack and make those quick passes outside or forward to get the attack going. We were really hungry early on to get that second goal, and once you get that second goal early on, it just takes the pressure off completely. It forces the smaller teams to open up, and this is where you see Porto going at their own pace. They get to control the game. Do they have to be super aggressive to get forward to get a third goal, or are they going to control it and let Riuav come to them? And I felt like in the second half it was – I think we should have or could have scored more, but I think it was part of the plan to just make sure we are controlling the game and not letting it get out of reach, not forcing and being too aggressive up top, but being smart, controlling the ball, and being smart defensively. Um, what do you think
1: about this game? Yeah, I was I was a little disappointed because I thought in the final third we were just I thought we were absolutely terrible, right? Yeah, I, I know it's tough. You're playing against Estrella Madura, and they're they're playing a five four one, right? So like uh, the the more touches you take, the more space is going to be closed down, and right. we we had like. We had so much useless possession, and it was just frustrating to watch. We had no creativity once we got to the final third. We couldn't figure out a way to break down that, that just defensive block. We we just couldn't expose anything. And our shot, our shots were dis- disappointing for quite a while, too. So it was – I mean, this is what we see, right, with the smaller teams. They play, they play very compact, and we saw that, and we, we almost – like us being complacent and just knowing that they're playing that defensive mode – we almost got caught in the counterattack, like, like we were mentioning, on the Otaviu mistake at midfield. Because Pepe is not going to recover for Otaviu. Ottavio is going to be the one that has to recover for Pep. So him making that mistake and sliding in there almost cost us a nice goal when it, looked, it appeared the game was in our control, right? right? So that's what's scary about those defensive teams and staying compact and, not, and us not scoring very early on. Yeah. We like we just those are like you mentioned, the earlier the goals, just the better, especially against teams that are gonna be compact. Like we it almost like we we don't start the games with energy. It's it's strange. It's like we're just like easing into a game, but it's like Yeah, how can you like why you using to a game where they're just gonna play defensive the whole match? Like you, you need to get after it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, getting the early goals. We gotta get more first half goals, getting a couple of goal lead in the first half, going into halftime with a comfortable lead. Um, just makes things a little bit easier. And you force the opposition because they're not going to stay compact. They're going to try to get forward. They're going to try to open up and try with whatever they have. And that's when Porto can start maximizing their potential on the ball. Uh, And that's when they're at their best. When teams start opening up, Porto starts to play much better. All this compact shit just makes things worse uh, for us. So, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not totally bought on this victory, but I do appreciate... And acknowledged like, the difference on in, in the second half, the adjustments, the mentality coming out with a lot of energy to try to make something different, to get forward and get that second goal. And we got it. It was a great goal from uh, João Mario. And it was a good uh, round of possession leading up to that goal as well. So I was pretty happy with that.
1: We, we need to give credit, to João Mario on the day. The guy, the guy was outstanding. Yeah. He, he played both sides of the ball well. He yeah. wasn't exposed on the counters, and he was—he created most of what we had. Him and Chiku together, that pairing, they created almost all of our chances in the first half, and they were the bright spot in the team. Like our, our center midfielders, obviously, they—they they were struggling to to break down that that low block and the five-four-one. But Chiku and and Jumari, time after time, they were finding ways to get chances to get the ball into the box. Um, unfortunate for Chiku, he fell on his face. <laughs> <laughs> trying to cross the guy up in the box. Yeah, we should we should probably clip that and post it. But um, <laughs> other than that, the kid had a great game, and I've been enjoying watching him play too. So that right hand side, uh, tip our caps to them because they were probably Porto's bright light in that match.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent. And shout out to Ivan Nielsen. I know yep. I'm, I'm. You know what Galeno is to you, Ivan Nielsen is to me, Jason. And even Nielsen to me, I think he had a very good game, very underrated game for a striker that didn't score a goal. Uh, he was great in the duels, and I saw him looking like prime Teremi, um, dropping back deep, getting part of the buildup, and then just sprinting forward to get involved with the play. It happened a few times in the second half, and I was really, really impressed with that because when he was lined up with Teremi, we never saw that sort of action from from Eva Nielsen. He was always more, I don't want to say he was a poacher, but he was kind of just that free-roaming, pure number nine that was just putting the ball away. Uh, he was getting involved very much in the buildup, and I th- I really like to see that. We-, we talked about this numerous times in the past. We weren't sure if he can be a solo striker, a solo number nine. Um, I don't know. I, from what I saw, he seems like he was adapting to the full-package type of style, type of play, um, and he did rather well in this game, and hopefully that continues and he can do it against much better competition as well. So I got to give a shout out to him. I think it was yeah, super th- underrated performance from him.
1: He, he has much more football at his feet than Taremi ever will. Um, he's, he's much better. like te- Technical wise, it's not even close. It's not even close. Taremi's no, good at um, scoring goals. No, Taremi's no. good at scoring goals and he's okay at passing. Even Nilsson is much better with the ball at his feet than Taremi will ever be. The finishing oh, is, girl,
0: I don't know about that, yeah,
1: man. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, We're going to have Nielsen's to do a poll a way, on this. Uh, you could pull all you want. He's a way better dribbler <laughs> than Tademi will ever be. I'm telling you. <laughs> really, man? Uh, yeah, dude, dribbler, honestly, yeah. I think...
0: Oh, uh, well, yeah, maybe dribbling, but I think Tademi is such an underrated passer. Well, I mean, not this year. No, he's but, a good passer. No, um, he's a
1: good passer, but like, dri- like Tademi lacks dribbling, man. Yeah. He really mm-hmm. does. It's w- probably why he always dives, and you're that. Not- Earn that reputation, you know. I'm yeah. done with that. I mean, man. He's not Porto anymore. I don't care. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, I've ask. been over him since the beginning of the season, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I gave and, him and thankfully a lot of injured. chances. Yeah, thankfully he's injured for the Champions League or <laughs> fake injury, whatever <laughs> Sergio told him. Maybe Sergio hurt his feelings and that's the injury on the IR report. I don't know. But uh Jason is I, done. I'm with just glad I like. uh, <sighs> I've been done with that guy for a long time.
0: I did. I tried so many times to give him the
1: chance. I mean, to, to I give love him the, chance. the guy. Yeah. But We should we have no business having him on our roster. That is true. That That is is management's fault. He should have been sold. He wanted to be sold. We got too greedy. And it's just it's all management's fault. It's nobody else, man.
0: And dude, look at me sounding like an idiot in the beginning of the season. I was like, you know what? The positive with Tademi saying Uh, is we're gonna have a bomb team. And that just Nope.
1: <laughs> He's the reason why Fernando is not on the team anymore. Is that Piacco's going to kill it and make us yeah, look that in still
0: fools. doesn't even that, that oh. oh god disgusting. I, I think we're gonna have to do another episode on just like what was going on through the board's heads to just get all these players and then just get rid of them. I I don't <laughs> know whatever. But let's move on to the next topic. I don't even know what it is. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> predictions and. I don't know, factors to look out for against Arsenal. What do you,
1: what do you say? So we're going to have to play compact, right? We'll be, we'll be that team now. So we need to be or. the Oroka. Yeah, we're going to be the Oroka yeah. in this game for sure. It is what it is. We're going uh, to win 3-2. to I think we'll win 2-1 in this game, to be honest. We're at home. We have a very yeah. good track record against English teams at home. I'm confident in this game. I think we'll either win 2-1 or we'll tie 2-2. The, <laughs> the match that really scares me is when we go visit Arsenal. But yeah. This home game, I'm feeling confident. I think Sergio will have a good game plan. I think we'll execute it. We're just we're a different beast in the Champions League, and we're at home. And it's just it's not easy to come to the you know? And these fans are not going to make it easy for Arsenal. And I have confidence in our squad. Um, like I said, we just bring a different energy to the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think we'll do it. It's going to be two one or two two. Okay, yeah, but, uh, I- we'll, we'll manage to do it. We're going to be compact. We're going to make Arsenal's life hell. They're not going to enjoy playing us. And I hope we just get in their heads and we kill their confidence for the day. Hmm. Very well said. Um,
0: I think I'm going to, yeah, I I think I was going to go with two to one as well. If we're going to win, it's going to be two to one. I don't see us winning just one, nothing. I don't think it's that type of game. I mean, it could happen, but um, I'm going to say two to one. And I think our key factors is going to be in the midfield. We can't let Odegaard and Declan Rice kind of dictate the game, get them in. Uh, in their zone. I think Ershtaki is going to come out of the coffin and he's going to play in this game. It's the Champions League. I think he's going to bring some aggressiveness, some energy in the midfield. So it's going to be big. I think the Varela and Erstaki are going to have a, a huge task and I think they're going to have a huge deal with how this game goes. If they play great, I think we have our chance to win this game and they're going to play a huge part in it. And if they don't, if they can't somehow control this game and don't let Arsenal... Move through the midfield because they like to go through the center. They have deadly wingers. They have a good striker. Uh, I think you know it could be a shit show if they don't have a good game. But I, I'm feeling confident. I'm feeling. I'm feeling confident. I can't even English today. <laughs> um, I like our chances at the Dragon because the energy, the crowd, the atmosphere—it's Champions League football. So I think we're going to get the job done on this one, two to one. Going to London, going to Arsenal—it's going to be a different story, and we'll have to wait and see what the predictions are going to be based on how we play. So that's what I'm going to say. I'm on board with you. Two to one, Porto.
1: So I do have a question for you. Who are we going to put on the right-hand side? Is he going to play Chuku? Yes, he has to. Okay. He has I'm to. Sure. What
0: he, he has that same energy that Galinu has defensively. Yep. So you're playing against an EPL side. They're much more physical. They're much faster. So you need to have this little ball of hate terrorizing like the Brad Marchand of the Portuguese league and like 90% of our listeners don't even know who Brad Marchand is probably, but, <laughs> uh, no, they do. Um, we need that little ball of hate. So, <clears throat> uh, he definitely needs to start. Even Nielsen has to start because he's having a great champions league campaign and Galeno has to start too. He has four goals, four assists. I don't know what it is. In, it's not even just the Champions League, it's the Europa League too. This guy just rises to the occasion. He's had He had a great Europa League career with Braga, and he's having a great Champions League career this year and last year with Porto. It is what it is. Maybe it's bullshit, maybe it's not, but you have to stick with what works and Glynn has to play. And then the back four has got to be the usual uh, Wendell, <laughs> uh, and it's got to be Otavio because of the speed. Um, that he that he has. You are playing against an EPL side. It's the Champions League. And you have Pep and Juamati on the right. And obviously, Diogo quashed the net. That's how you have to go in this game. And- so how do you
1: line up? Will you line up with two center mids? I mean, uh, two center defensive mids. You got Eshtakiu and Varela?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And oh, I'm sorry. I'll have uh, Pepe also part of the the, the three-man uh, midfield. I was kind of like thinking about what, what would if we kind of did like a, a flat three with Varela, Eshtakiu, and Nico Gonzalez, but Pepe nah. be not being out there, I don't think it's yeah. it's good. No,
1: he, he's proved himself. He can play in the big games. Yeah, he just, he's a poor finisher, but he plays well on yeah. both sides of the ball. Yeah. I Yeah, I think they're going to play a four two three one yeah, yeah. stay very compact, and uh, they're going to hope they can just wait for the transition, right? Uh, Pepe will uh, support even Nilsson with Chiku and Galeno on the wings, and I think Ashtaki and Varela are going to be tasked with the the, the task to stay home. Yeah. I think they're going to let Wendell and Juamari get up, and then this way your back four ends up being Ashtaki, Varela, <laughs> Pepe, and Otavio. <laughs> so yeah, this way you you can prevent the counter and you have four back at all times. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah,
0: yeah, totally agree with that. Um, and another factor, Sergio, make the substitutions early. If we have the lead, if we have the lead, get more energy on the pitch. If you have to, to preserve it, we have depth, so let's use it. And when we need a goal, do it earlier than the eighty fifth minute, please. Thank you. That's it. All right. Quickly, Jason, we always say, like, let's try to, you know, bang out a quick episode and we're just having a good conversation. We get lost in the moment. We have a bunch of Twitter questions still to do. So let's get to them. The best part of the show. Thank you all again. We love it. We appreciate it. And we're happy to get as many as we did, despite our hiatus. Jack Hacken, Gazapia enthusiast at Companator. What can the reform process look like for Porto if we get an AVB presidency? what would you like to see changed to the club i am talking about recruitment vision finances transparency and other aspects that can mold portu into into the powerhouse it's supposed to be oof uh i think i think finances uh, i um i think finances is the number one thing right that's what's pretty much put us in a difficult situation over the years i think recruitment We do have to find different ways because all the Argentines and the Brazilians are not necessarily going to the Netherlands and to Portugal right off the bat anymore. They're going to the U.S. now, and some of them are even just going straight to England. So we have to find other ways to expand other talent, to find other talent or bring them here instead of going into the U.S. Um, And on top of it, just pretty much getting rid of all the dirty crap that's going on in the board and selling players and for the value that they're supposed to be sold and not letting their contracts run out just for whatever reason. Um, we've seen it so many times. We, we, we're seeing it with Teremi. We saw it with Uribe. We saw it with Mbemba and many other players that left on a free that we could have made money on. So I think yeah, that's, that, that's that, the that number one change.
1: Stop. That's it the number one stop. change. Players need to stop leaving on a free. That's that's number one. That that cannot happen. We've never been the club to allow that to happen. And we need to, we really need, to, I don't know if it's our data analytics team, our finance team. I don't know who it is, but we need to stop letting players leave on a free. It's just not who we are. We can't afford to do that. It's, uh, it's embarrassing business. And for us to be, I guess, looked up to, or I guess used as an example for other business models, like wh- what are we doing? Like, we're just not staying true to our colors and right. it's, it's, it's just terrible business and we need, it needs to stop. Because this is not – it's not who we are as a club and we can't afford to be like that. Yeah, and We're much better than this. Yeah. The fu- we need to get back to business, focus on that. And I, another thing I think we need to do is – I wouldn't say I think. I, we, we need to do is we need to focus on our academy. We, we're continuously mm-hmm. creating great talent and we're letting them leave for like three to five million per player. Like let's find a way to incorporate them in the squad. Yeah. Stop letting him leave. If you're gonna let him leave, let him, let them be loaned out for a season, and then you need to find a way to use them. They have to be in your game plan. I think so. After Sergio, I, I don't know how much longer Sergio has here, but we're gonna have to find a guy who is loves academy guys who knows mm-hmm. the Porto way. Like, it, it cannot be a guy that's like a a George Juice who wants established guys already. We, we need to find a we need to find a coach who's gonna utilize the academy. It's it just is what it is. Andre Village Bouge, I'm sure, has plenty of connections and he, he's been in the coaching realm, so he knows people. But we definitely need him to be our president. The transparency, I think, would happen under him. He's just from a different generation. Uh, so I want to ask you did you hear about this rumor of Porto potentially selling off some stakes? And uh, I don't think it was like 30% for $60 million to take care of our financial woes.
0: I did not even know about that. <laughs> We're going to have di- to I'm going to have to deep yeah. into that. Yeah, we'll, dig we'll, deep into that one for sure. Yeah, we'll do
1: some research. We'll come back to that next podcast. It's still a rumor at the moment, but I I, I was reading it yesterday and uh I don't have all my facts in a row. So that's a topic for next podcast and I'll write it down and remind us. But, yeah. Uh, yeah got, th- that's another... on the table I guess, so.
0: Yeah, we have a one question too that we can dig deep into as well. Um but we'll that we'll probably have to save for another podcast, but we'll we'll think about that we'll we'll get to that in a second um next question comes from Connor Wilson at yes, you will underscore son this team feels like it needs fresh blood all around president head coach head coach players thoughts on this yeah <laughs> not so much and you know what not so much the players, not so much like getting rid of that Emmy. Um, I think Pep's days are number I think after the Euro he's going to call it quits I think there's a few positions that w- obviously we're, we're going to have to get more center backs and a left back but I think for players I think we're kind of all set um, even if Galindo leaves or whatever we have a lot of depth in that position we have Ivan Chime that is so freaking talented that we never use so I think I think players are probably the least thing to really worry about. I think in in that order, I think it's president, head coach, and then the players. I think Sergio's going to have to take a lot of blame on this one. I've I've defended him so many times. I'll always defend everything that he's done because I wouldn't have changed it for any other way because when he took over Porto, you couldn't have said that in the next six years we'll win three leagues and go to two quarterfinal championships in the two years that we didn't win the league. And whatnot. Um, Two quarter final appearances, I mean, in the Champions League. He's done everything he could with very little. Um, But I also think that this season he has a lot of fault and responsibility as to why we're not playing as well. So in that order, I would go president, head coach, and then the players. What do you think?
1: Yeah, so I'm going to go president. That's number one. Um, He's been here. He's given us everything we could ask for and more. His time has been up for at least four or five years now. Please just step down and uh, step down with some pride and uh, leave on a good note, man, please. We just don't want this to get ugly. Like it's this this election crap is already this nonsense and what they're doing to Village Blue is just disgusting we we don't want it. we don't want this for the club it's not good for anybody it's not good for Pinto Costa. it's not good for andre village bullish it's not good for the fans and it's definitely not good for the players either so we need a new president let's just do it gracefully i think sergio's time's up i think he's given us all that we could ask for he did the most he could with literally nothing and the most recent season he won that team was a nasty team but in the beginning of the season they were not they were nowhere near as good as they were towards the end. That team came together and it was pieced together towards the end and we didn't get to see the full potential of half of those players because they were sold at the end of the season. So I mean when he he definitely did a lot with what he had and I'm glad he was here but his time's up. Let's find someone new. I'm not sure this next guy will be the answer, but we just need to try something new. And along those lines, it's the same with the players, right? I've been saying Teremee's got to go dougal has is gone this year he's gonna be sold whether we like it or not pep needs to retire um you've given us everything you've got man like please just retire with your legs like you need to still be able to walk when you retire please yep uh zaidu i don't think has a place on this team i love the guy he's got the spirit he works really hard but i don't think his talent's there it was almost fortunate for us that he got injured Right before the Champions League game, I I don't wish injury upon anyone, but I, I just don't want him on the field any longer for us. He's just not the quality that we need. I do see Galeno getting sold at the end of the season. Um, it'd probably just be for a mediocre price tag because his performances have been so hot and cold this season that there's there's no way a big club will throw, drop anywhere near right. like sixty million on the guy. It just he's he has not been consistent this season, and that that's something that needs to be brought to light because he's a much better player than what he's playing and his production's been low aside from the Champions League. Yeah. And another guy I do see leaving us would be Estakyu. I think he's given us his time. I think he's been very consistent for us and I think he'll just go to a just a decent side in a different league. I think his time's up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but I feel that even in those positions we'll definitely we definitely have <clears throat> replacements. I don't see Varela leaving. and I don't see Nico Gonzalez leaving. So nope. even if nope. stocky does leave, I think those two are going to do just fine. They have been doing fine this year yep. together when they do play together.
1: And, and I think it'd be good for the club of all those guys that just mentioned leave because yeah. of cases and instances like Nico Gonzalez being on the bench and not getting utilized enough. Yep. And the, the same goes for the striker position, right? Fran is technically on a loan, but to buy, right? What What was his price tag? uh we bought i think his uh, loan to buy
0: is the same as we purchased him for us. So i think it was about 7.5 million or 8 million 7.5
1: yeah, yeah so it's that's not an easy price tag for Olympiacos to come up with they can if he i guess if he justifies that price but it's not Olympiacos doesn't have the type of cash that uh these bigger clubs have so that that'd be a lot of money to throw at someone so i do hope to see him back in the Portland jersey no yeah.
0: Next question comes from Brian Pereira. Who is coaching next season? The management of the team makes little sense. Yeah. Coaching next season, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, I, it, it would be amazing if Jose Mourinho can come back. I doubt that would ever happen. <laughs> Uh, I know you flirted around with the Village and Jose Mourinho reunion and friendship yeah, uh, coming before. back together and all that Cam- stuff, Cam- the reconcile. Cam- hey, whatever. It's Porto. Anything can happen. But <laughs> um, I don't know. I can't really think of anyone. Um, probably maybe,
1: you know, I, Who's I uh, actually Who's the rookie's coach right now? It's, is it Flavio Suarez uh, or no, it's not him.
0: Yeah, Did I was going to mention up? Alvaro Pacheco. Yep. Because he's done pretty good with with Vittorio de Guimarães, and I think Isturiel should have never really got rid of him. But, um, and he coached Vizela for a few years. He's, you know, and he he's done rather well. He did rather well with them, but I don't know. He, he's been doing pretty good. I can kind of see him slowly making his way up to one of the top three teams because he's already coaching a top five team and he's doing rather well with them. So I think, I think he could be a possibility. I don't know, but I, everyone else, I just can't really, I can't really think of who who would come here. So their manager is Daniel Ramos. Aroka. Is it
1: him though? I, I thought he got I thought he was displaced. I don't know why. I
0: don't know, but it's it's it it's so hard to like predict like the next Porto coach. You know, it's it, I think there was uh what was it not Julian Lopetegui because he was
1: oh yeah he that name, Who's he the other Spanish coach of...
0: that I'm thinking of that there was like rumors that he would be linked to Porto. Anyway, I, I mean it it's hard it's hard to predict this one because you you just never know who would be the next coach. But let's move on to the next one. If you end up thinking of it Jason just you know just give it a shout out. Um yeah, well. Mike at Mike 15 Fang. Do you guys still think we can still make top two? If not, that lack of UCL money is going to be a massive loss. 100%. (laughs) I mean, is it possible to get the top two? I think so because it's definitely possible that one of the top two teams can drop seven points or eight points. Hopefully it's Mayfica because they're only seven points ahead compared to Spartan potentially being 10 because they have a game in hand. So, so, yeah, it's definitely possible, uh, and I think that's that's got to be the goal. It, it has to be the goal every single year, top two, as much as we want to win the league every year because the Champions League is super, super uh, important, and it will be a massive loss. But thankfully, we still have Diogo Koshta that we could probably sell for anywhere 60 to 75 million, in my opinion, this summer. So that's definitely going to be some cash, but it's a huge bummer that that we're going to get rid of Diogo Koshta and not have guaranteed Champions League money next year so hopefully we can do uh, some sort of miracle and actually finish in the top two this year it's definitely important
1: yeah and uh, Roka's coach at the moment is Daniel Souza so uh, maybe maybe him or Luis Free <laughs> from Rio off okay could could see one of them but I, I don't know I think the game coach is probably the most realistic one that we could see I, I, I agree with you there
0: fcp 1992 at fcp 1992 where to begin we could use a four-hour show with pdc taking an advance on the tv money do you feel we will be like schalke or barcelona in a few years is it time to be sergio out after his continuous stubbornness of not playing certain players who do you think will be um I don't think we're the next Schalke. Come on, uh, FCP-19. Te- no, that team is so dead. And Barcelona, yeah, they went through a pretty shitty phase for a little bit, but they won the league last year, and they have a good team. they probably not going to win it this year. But I think they're a couple of years away from being a really good team in Europe again. I mean, I don't think we're going to be in that position, either of those positions. But are we, is it potential? Is there a potential or is, should we be worried that we're going to be in a banter era where we're going to go two, three, maybe four years without winning could definitely happen uh, because we're probably not going to win it this year. And then next year is the year that we have to win it if we want to break that streak. So, uh, there could be some problems for sure in the near future if we don't start taking care of them now. So we don't want to get into this low taggy, uh, like, uh, I guess, consequence where you let a problem happen for X amount of time and you continue it to let it happen and then it takes a toll on you for years to come. We don't want to get there. We want to improve. Um, as we said in the last question, we don't know who's, who it's going to be. Maybe it's Alvaro Pacheco. And my absolute desire and wish would be Jose Mourinho coming back and saving us. So, <laughs> But we know that so, won't happen. Could know.
1: Diogo Costa's price tag be our saving grace?
0: Yes. It will. It's going to have to be. He's gone this year.
1: Yeah, he is gone. But
0: what? At what price is the question? I know we discussed this in the past, but I'm cool with sixty to seventy-five million. His price is uh, release clause is seventy-five million, which is great. They're not going.
1: I don't think they'll get that though. I'm cool with sixty
0: to seventy-five million. I'm cool with that. I think we'll be okay with that.
1: Okay, I think we're gonna get. This is gonna disappoint you. Sixty is on the high end. That's the highest we get. Right. That's it. I think the only way we get sixties is if the team's desperate. I think we're gonna get like forty five for them, unfortunately. No, no way, man. I'm telling you. People All are right. gonna people are gonna take advantage of Porto's financial woes. Right.
0: We're gonna have to we're gonna have to um, write we're gonna, Yeah, we're gonna have to write, write this down. one down. We're so gonna have to save 45, this. Call. I got sixty five to sixty five. I'm going sixty I'm going sixty, right, going I'm 65. Going 65. 65. 60 to seventy five for sure.
1: Okay, sixty-five to seventy-five for you. Yeah, I'm convinced we're going to get forty-five, but I, I won't be surprised if we get sixty. But I, my number is forty-five. All right,
0: all right, all right. Sounds good. Sounds good.
1: I I just think people are going to take advantage of our financial situation. Like it's, it's everyone's aware of it. When you're doing business, like they have to do their research. Right. It's not. They're not going to not be aware of it. So I I don't know. We'll see. We like. Uh, we'll see. C D and we need that money too. Remember, we need to make up what is it? Is it 50 million or 45 million? Yeah,
0: it's about 40 some odd million for Champions yeah. League, depending on the yeah. year and whatever, and the coefficient and all that bullshit. But whatever. We need that money, and hopefully it's 60 to 75, because then I think we'll be okay. okay. CDB at C D Barush 8. I don't have any questions, just frustrations. Portu SAD has been on decline for ages since 2013. So this is nothing new. Sergio has always been stubborn, but it's been his ace up until now. Yeah, it's plain. It's plain to see both cycles have run their course. We need change. That's it. Yeah, I, I'm kind of on board with that. Love Sergio. Love Pinto Costa. Both of them have done memorable, miraculous things for the club. Um, but you know, just like anything else, you. It all, all comes in cycles, and sometimes you just need change. So I'm 100% on board. I think we're going to need a new face in the administration, and then I think we need a new face as a manager for these players because I don't think Sergio is the right guy for these players. I think it's just a different different system that we need right now, and Sergio can't just get out of his comfort zone. John Heinink at John Heinink is Porto going to have the money to make the necessary changes? What do you say about this one, Jason?
1: <sighs> I mean, I think it depends on the rumor, and it also depends on Dilcouch's price tag. But I, yeah. I, I, think I really so if Village Boo is elected, he's going to really like hunker down on the finances. I, we might not have the money to see the team we want next season. We're going to have to be okay with that, that yeah. he's going to have to focus in on the Academy and focusing on what we got and making sure people don't leave on our free. I we're So when you focus on the finances, you're going to have to, there's trade-offs that are going to have to be ha- like made. And that's when like you saying us going for second place, like you have to be satisfied with second place when you're focusing on finances, right? Right. Like you didn't, you can't, you just, you can't focus on both objectives and expect Bolt to work out like don't get me wrong in a perfect world they, they work right and we've done it in the past but that world is uh, shifting drastically mm-hmm. and that that competitive nature is it's almost getting to the point where if you want those changes to happen as fast as you do you have to spend the price tag and that's going to put your club in a sketchy situation that you don't want. And we that's where us as fans, we need to do a better job of not getting outraged if a club is going to focus on financial health and like sustainability and long term and not getting so short sighted and just focusing on one season and getting upset. Right. And that—and I think that's where transparency comes into play is I don't I'm not sure Pinto Costa has ever been transparent about that. And his mind is just like, oh, all we do is win, 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 win. Mm-hmm. Even if there is a season, maybe they, they took a back seat and they just wanted to fix the financials a little. Right. We we need to be transparent. We're like I mean I I would say now more than ever the fans more educated with the the amount of information we have access to and just the way the world's going. I think like businesses are just more there's more communication going on and a lot more transparency than there's ever been in the past, right? Everything used to be hidden. Like this is why you can make the the pockets of your friends fat, whether it's on the board or Pinto Costa's friends, right? Those those days are going away. Like it's so easy to file the money trail. You can get hacked easily now. Like those things are going away more and more. If you if you want to last in this modern day era,
0: yeah. yeah well said, one hundred percent. Well said on that one. Matts at Matts attack nine. Why wasn't another left back bought in the January window? Should Joao Mario be dropped for Jorge San- Sanchez? At what point to Portugal all out for the Champions League? I mean, I don't think Jean Mario shouldn't be dropped. And by the way, this question was asked before this game uh, against Estrella where Jean Mario had a great game. So, so just to be fair on that, uh, I, I I don't I, I don't see Jordi Sanchez getting all these reps because I think there's the clause in his contract if he has X amount of appearances. Porto are going to have to buy and pick up his his uh his 5.5 million dollar transfer fee, and I think it's pretty obvious that they don't want to. Uh, with with Zaidu going down, I think it's going to have to be the the issue there because I I don't see these two just playing the entire season without any rest at all. So, um, but no, I I wouldn't change, I wouldn't take Jorge Sanchez over Joao Mario ever because Joao Mario on his day going forward is really really essential, really. Uh, really good on the ball, and as we saw this past weekend, he got a goal, but outside of the goal, he was playing wonderful, and that's what we expect out of him. Um, why we didn't get another left back, I have no idea because I think we have two on the roster already, and I think we're going to have to wait until the, the the summer to get another left back. Well, obviously we do because Zaid was going to be out for much longer than six months. So at that point, do Portugal out for the Champions League, I mean, we have to do our best there. I don't think we're going to win it, that's for sure. But I think we should definitely focus and do the most that we can to just get out of the Arsenal game because we have to look at reality. The chances of us finishing in second place is, is pretty slim right now because Mayfika and Sporting are that good and they're that consistent and they're that resilient and we're not that in the league. So we have to take as much money as we can possible. I think if we go into the next round, it's another 20 million or so, so and plus you get another game at home at the stadium, so you're, the, the team gets more revenue on that as well. So yeah, I think we have to do the, the best that we can to try to get out of the round of 16 and just make an appearance in the quarterfinals. I think that's super, super important, definitely. What do you say?
1: Yeah, I think I think we really need to we need to find a way to. To scratch and claw our way through to the next round of the Champions League would be huge for our club. I think just with so much uncertainty going on in the club, you need this money as desperately. And I'm still convinced we. So until all right, here's the thing: unless I'm convinced we can go for second place until our next loss, and then if we get one more loss in this in this season, second place is gone. Yeah. So then we'll t- we'll, re- we'll revisit that but until we lose again in the league which is very i mean it's possible we've we got plenty of losses plenty of draws this season so but until then i'm still convinced we're fighting for that second place spot to go into the champions league next year yep and yeah. like like i said first place is out of question yep we are not we're not getting that spot this year it's just it's reality but I do I am convinced that we're going to focus and try to go for that second place spot whether we get it or not is going to depend on that next loss. If we get another loss this season, you can kiss it
0: goodbye. Yep, yeah, 100% and the win against Benfica is it, that's what we need. And if Sporting can get some revenge and beat Benfica, that's that's going to be huge. That's 6 points right there that Benfica lose out on and then we're right back into it. So the possibility of that is 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 pretty high, but to catch Sporting, no, it's it's too. You need two teams to go on a collapse. That yeah, ain't happening. No. You're asking for too much. It's way too much, and like the math, it's like the probability of that is just. Imp- I don't want to say impossible, but it's slim to none for sure. Manuel Pinto at Eruido Terra. There are a lot of mixed feelings from Portistas. Galin who used to be one of the most loved players, but now everyone hates him. I said plenty of times that he is selfish and doesn't cross. There's also discontent with players like Pepe or even Ostakiu. Why do you think that is? Uh, by the way, nice to have you back. Hope you both had a good holiday and a happy new year. What are your expectations for 2024 with the Porto and uh, with the FC Porto uh, and podcast? So we kind of touched up on that. We have a couple of projects and everything. Um, and then Porto for 2024, we're pretty much about to get on. We've just talked about it. Um, but... Thank you, Manuel, for for hoping we had a good holiday and, and a new year. We did, and we hope that you did as well. And everyone else out there that's listening, we hope you all had a great new year and holiday as well and having a great 2024. But, yeah, like, what was the question again? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, Galen has everyone. Been, I'm like reading it been- here. Galinu has it been is. frustrating lately, and this season too. I thought last year he was a little bit more consistent, but this year it's, you get great strides from him and then you don't. But to be fair, uh, some of his performances where you, don't, where you may think he's being inconsistent on the attack, he's actually still doing a great job defensively uh, contributing in that manner. But he is a winger, and we do expect him to get, uh, to get goals and create opportunities. So I yeah. get the frustration there, and then Pepe and Nystacu—they are what they are. You know, it's it—they're frustrating at times, but for the most part, I I do favor them than I don't. Uh, I think my expectations are where they are with those two. I think Galin I have a little bit more um, expectations for him because I think he has bigger shoes to fill and he has more responsibility.
1: Yeah, his ceiling is definitely the highest, and we saw what he's capable of, and. When he doesn't bring that week in and week out in the offense, it kind of it, it kills us, right? Yeah. But we, we've said this time and time again. This just goes back to us not buying an attacking midfielder, man. Yeah. It's like I to me like you finally got me sold on even Nilsson, but I feel like we could get so much out more out of Evan Nilsson if we had an attacking midfielder. Mm-hmm. Like that guy has so much potential. He he is a he's very good, man. And we're not seeing his full potential because his supporting cast isn't there. Yeah, and, and it's that role, man. It's that role in front of Varela. like it's it's just not fulfilled. Yeah, it's because it's just
0: it's a killer, man. It's it's a killer because Taremi basically acted as the playmaker after Luis Diaz left, and he was great with it. Um, yeah. And on top of it, I think the other players, you know, having like Fabio Vieira coming off the bench and and having Vitinha in the midfield definitely helped that out. But you know, we we don't really have that creator anymore Tremi isn't what he was and we don't have that that number 10 that false 9 that is capable of holding up extending play creating giving these excellent passes we don't have that and that's nah, that's, that's was, a huge hindrance
1: it's not even Tremi it's Vitinha Vitinha allowed Teremi to do that yeah it, it, it's it's the midfield it's a midfielder attacker it's the it's the cam we don't have a cam and it's really hurting us it, it's hurting us out in the wings it's hurting us in the striker position. It's even hurting hurting us in the midfield, because sometimes just that guy creating something out of nothing, like those games where you're playing yep. against the the five, four, one and you're not being able to break down that that the the block. Like those creative guys are the ones that create. Like they they break down that block. So now you have Vitinho, right? You know, an attacking midfielder, attacking minded midfielder. He's creating, right? He's getting that final pass in. Atavu was very good at that too. That's another thing he thrived oh, yeah, at. Yep. 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 It's just breaking down those defensive lines and those and finding those passing lanes that no one else sees, and whether it's half a second or one full second, they find that final pass, and then you throw Vitini into that mix. Like now you have guys who are they can see the game for what it is, mm-hmm. and we're just we have safe bets in the midfield right now. Like they're all quality, they're quality, but they just don't have enough quality on the offensive end. Yeah. So I think that number 10 position, that playmaker,
0: that's what that's what we definitely...
1: But might. like like we said, Glano's still been frustrating, right? Some of his decision-making has been frustrating, whether he's trying to force a pass or the pass wasn't good enough. Or sometimes he dribbles too much, and you know, we're like, what the heck, man? Mm-hmm. But yeah, his consistency offensively has been terrible this yeah. season. Decision-making. And yeah, Poor. could be better for sure. Yep. Defensively, his work rate's been high. He's, he, he tracks so much. And also, his best games come when he's playing with Wendell. If Wendell's not on a, behind him he's not as productive either that that's another yeah fact.
0: that's a that's a fair point too because with zaido back there, it nope. always made it difficult for for Galenu as well so to be yeah. fair on that that's that's pretty accurate His yeah. games with Wendell there are much better than with Zaidu. All, right, all right, let's move on. We've got a couple of more a c m eighty seven at f c p eighty seven Glad you guys are back. What, in your opinion, needs to be done with this club to save the season? Also, can you shed some light on what was going on with the supporters and the arrests made last week? So this was the question that I mentioned before. We're going to touch up on the second part of this question, ACM, uh, for the next week because I read up on it. I don't really know too much, so I don't want to just say something bland and not really give a much better uh, response to it. Jason, I don't know if you know much about this situation, but
1: I just, I don't know any details. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So So we'll, we'll, we'll dig into
0: it. Yeah. We'll dig into it and then we'll get you. We'll, we'll definitely have a little discussion about it. So, so we just don't kind of give you something bland, you know, no one likes that. (laughs) So what in your opinion needs to be done with this club to save the season? Uh, I I think just, I mean, this is just a a cliche, but like being consistent. Um, We're just very inconsistent this year. And I think, the system itself is kind of a little broken for these players. I think we have a good roster. I think the the change needs to be needs to be done. Uh, we have kind of pushed away from the four four two. Um I think we need to stick with the current the current uh starting eleven that we had in the last game, just minus Zaidu and just try to go with a different approach and see how that works out. I think we need to get players like Ivan Jaime in the mix. And I think you have to give Otavio a chance, a better chance than what you gave you as in Sergio Cossaison to David Carmo. So we have to have trust in the newer signings and the younger players. It can't be just the same old, same old. What do you think?
1: Yeah. I think one thing we failed at the beginning of the season, we didn't incorporate any of our new guys. Yeah. Like it was terrible. Like we made all these signings where you and I are excited. We're talking about on the podcast. And we're looking at the games, we're like, this is the same team as last year. Yeah. What was the I point of buying thought, anybody? I literally what thought was we were going ha- we to have a special a season this year. I literally yeah. did think that. And we see none of our new signings on the pitch. We're like, mm-hmm. okay, so you just wasted money? You just went shopping to shop? That's yep. what it felt like. Yeah, that's what it looks like for sure. Um, it, it doesn't make any sense. So I think I'm, I'm I, telling you that that has to be the alignment from the board and the coach just weren't on the same page. That's what it is. Yeah, there's be. nothing else I could think of. Like, why would you sign these guys and not them? Yeah. And, like, and, so- and, and
0: to, to kind of say that Sergio was like doing a lot with like little, I mean, this season he's, he's pretty much got everything minus, I mean, he wanted say do, he had to want Zaydu and Wendell as your left backs. You could have got rid of one of them and got someone else. You could have got a younger center back, I, I don't get it, man. You just spent 10 million on a center back in January, but now you like you couldn't do it before. You have to rely on Ivan Mercano. You have to rely on 40 year old Pep, which is fine because he's still good, but he's not going to play all 34 games. Like, I, like what the fuck? But we get like 15 strikers and like 15 wingers in our lineup. Like, it, 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 whatever. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to get into because then that's another pot. That's another topic for another day for sure. Um, just to get into all the transfers and whatever, it's just it's been so frustrating, so so frustrating. But all yeah. right,
1: Jason, this is the last thoughts question. on keeping Martinez, huh?
0: Yeah, or Brendan at Dange Russ one uh nineteen ninety eight thoughts on keeping Martinez and not Navarro. That's the question. So <laughs>
1: Martinez is a Sergio guy. Let's just say that. And if you need the definition of that. It's a strong, hardworking guy that probably listens to everything you say. Yep. And Navarro must be in his eyes, a little ugh, rebellious, maybe. Maybe he doesn't listen to everything. Maybe he's a little more artistic, right? He likes to uh, likes the game a little bit. He sees the game differently than Sergio. Maybe he's not as structured. He's an attacking player. Where Martinez is just like a soldier. Yep. That's like that's what it is. It's pretty much a one. Because to me, Dude, when I watch Martinez, I think he plays like a 32-year-old forward. Yeah. And, and then I go to his transfer market profile and I'm like, guy, like the Spanish Peter Crouch. Which, dude, you're 26 years old. Like what? He's just you this play like, like a 32-year-old. Like, yeah, like I don't know, you're just a safe bet, but you don't produce much. Dude, he's 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 just gives he's a me a safe
0: bet. He gives me he's... ugu Almeida the vibes, man, like Ugh. just that kind of striker, just like kind of big, weird touch, just Two or three touches and it's a goal type of striker.
1: Yeah, like some games he scores a beautiful goal, and other games you don't even know he's in the game. He's just winning aerial duels and nothing else. Yep. You're like, oh, this is great.
0: So I don't know uh, that I'll I I don't understand that. Brendan, That's-
1: if it was up to me, we would still have Navarro and Tony would have been shipped off somewhere else. I don't care if it was Saudi money or what it was. Just free- I, I would keep Navarro nine times out of ten.
0: I think just getting nine million euros for Tony Martinez is go- will go a longer way than getting rid of Navarro for what you paid him for, because the potential for yeah. Navarro to 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 receive at least fifteen or twenty million, on or a, even on him a future to have an
1: tr- to have an impact on our club, and like, that Tony's too, he's not going to have an impact on our club. He's exactly, not, he's not a difference maker. For Navarro, has the potential to be a difference maker. I just, I really hope they don't get it. I hope a lot. doesn't trigger that clause.
0: Yeah. Praying for a bust for Nevada. He's at not going to no score way. a ton
1: of goals. I hope they just can't afford him because they yeah. spent so much money right now.
0: Yeah. Hopefully that's the uh hopefully that's the case. But all right, Jason. This does it for this episode. Any last words before we wrap things up?
1: <sighs> Vamos, because we need this we need every point we can get in this first leg. So let's get all three against Arsenal because when we go to the Emirates it is going to be tough.
0: Yep. Couldn't say it better, man. So let's get it. We're on to Arsenal at the Dregão. And let's hope that Porto gives us something to smile about and be positive about on the next episode. I mean, we're pretty positive, but, you know, we just we want to talk about something positive, not the same old nonsense. Let's get a good result and let's find some hope into getting out of this round. So let's see what, let's see how that plays out. And thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Porto Podcast in English. If you like the show, follow us on Facebook at the Porto Podcast in English on Twitter or X, the FC Porto Pod E-N-G on Instagram, Porto Pod E-N-G. Please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on, hit the five stars, leave a review, it helps us grow. And we will see you on the next episode.